0: Everyone, good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are so happy to have you, and I'm so excited to be here. My name is Becky Bass, and I am a vocalist, musician, and actress, as well as teaching artist here in Rhode Island. Um, and I'm just, I'm just excited to get some music today. You know, it's been what a year it's been, huh? <laughs> I know everyone has had their challenges, ups and downs throughout this whole year, um, but music kind of brings us back together and reminds us how beautiful life is and how much love and light and joy that music can bring to people. So I'm excited here to play some Caribbean soul music for you. So I will be singing as well as playing this beautiful instrument, which is called the steel pan, um, or some of you may know it as the steel drum. Um, And it's gonna create some beautiful melodies, and I hope that you enjoy. Um, and we'll talk definitely more about this instrument a little bit later, um, but let's get into some music. So Caribbean soul, I like for me to think of it as a combination and a mixture of flavors that contain R&B, jazz, soul, reggae, um, soca, but all with a Caribbean flair. So I hope that you enjoy.
1: I see them coming after my soul. Wanting to take control, want to give me rocks, want to give me bling, want to give me all the material things. I am talking about what the world has to offer, girl. What you're doing, don't you see? What they have done to Bedwin and Marcus, Justice and all of the prophets. But I am not. Them uh, come, let them come, I'm protected by the most high one. Standing in a damn government line Come, let them come, I'm protected by the most I want. them uh, come let them come i'm protected by the most high
0: I am not afraid, and uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. So we got another one for you. So like I said, we do some Caribbean soul music with some jazz. So this one is a very popular standard that I love and adore, so I hope that you enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. Okay. By one of my favorites, she did a beautiful rendition, Sarah Vaughan.
1: The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea The memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile will just be The way you sing off-key The way you haunt my dreams that away from me we may never never meet again on that bumpy bumpy road to love still i'll always always have the memory of the way you hold your knife, the way we dance till three Way you changed my life No, you can't take that away from me, no You can't, get not can't, 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 can't take that away from me
0: <laughs> all right we are continuing down the line all right we're gonna go back to some reggae music another amazing artist that we all love and adore i hope you enjoy this <laughs>
1: I wanna jam it with you. We jamming, yes we jamming, and I hope you like a jamming too. Yeah no rules and ain't no vows. Children must unite. Your life is worth much more than gold. Oh, yes, we're we we're
0: We jammin' tonight. What, what? (laughs) Awesome, y'all. All right, we're gonna keep going on through. Another favorite of mine, we're gonna do some Amy Winehouse.
1: Well, sometimes I go out by myself and I look across the water. over yes what don't you come on over what don't you come on over yes what don't you come on over yes why don't you come on over
0: we doing good, so one more. Ooh, that is a hard ask, <laughs> but I can make that happen. Oh, that's hard. Can I combine two real quick? Okay, 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 okay. All right, I'm gonna skip these other ones. Sorry, I had a whole thing planned, but it's okay. We're gonna make it work. <laughs> so, this is one of my favorite songs, um, and I have to do it, and I'll try to make it quick. And then the last one, we're gonna just do some soca partying till the end, and then we'll get to go. Yeah, rock out. <laughs> and it's been such a pleasure here. I just want to say. Take this time also to say thank you so much to The Parlor. We are doing this here, live at The Parlor, streaming from The Parlor. Pew, 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 pew! The Parlor has been like a second home for me. I mean, I can go on and fill this whole stream with how much I love The Parlor. (laughs) Um, But I love Gregory, I love The Parlor, so please support. Your local music venues, it's so important right now. You know, we're all having a hard time, but music keeps us alive, and it's so important that you show your support and love to these amazing local music venues that keep this moving. Um, And so you'll see some some donation links on the bottom of the screen. So please, please donate, and please support your local musicians as well. There's so many talented musicians in this community here at Rhode Island, and it's a gem. People don't know, watch out, New York, we coming for you. (laughs) Um, But yes, so showing all my love, and I wanna say thank you so much to Motif for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here, and I can't wait to talk with you more and to get to know everyone, and so you can get to know me as well. So thank you. All right. So I know we have some Sade fans up there. We gonna do some Sade. Caribbean soul style. thank you so much and I'm going to do this last one for you and we're going to turn it up just a little bit and bring it back down to the islands we start with the islands, we got to end with the islands (laughs)
1: Oh, lady, walk a mile and a half and see Telalay. Oh, lady, walk a mile and a half and see Telalay. Aye, aye, Ay, ay, aye, 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 Telalay. Aye, 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 Oh, lady, walk a mile and a half and see Telalay. Oh, lady, walk a mile and a half and see Telalay. everyone it's been an honor to be here with you performing
0: some Caribbean soul music I look forward to talking with you more so stick around
2: for the rest
3: Hi everybody! Welcome back to Between the Notes here at the Parlor. I'm live with Becky Bass. Yay! We're gonna answer. Her, we're gonna ask her a few questions—the real tough, hard-hitting questions <laughs> that I know you all want to hear. Uh, oh yeah. First off. Yes. Hi Becky. Hi. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing swell.
3: You were telling me that that was that your first kind of performance in a long. In how long was that? Mm, how good long question.
0: Um, yes, it's. Uh, since I've kind of done it that, I feel like I want to say a month or maybe a month and a half. But, you know, it's, it's been all virtual. Right. Right. So, like, if I if I have had a performance, it's like 20 minutes real quick um, and do a virtual thing. Um, but to be with people.
3: Right. All three of us. Uh, in I the, mean, in the you room, know. It was, it was great. It's <laughs> better than one. Well, I got to say, actually, that was my... I think that might have been my first oh. live performance, first time seeing it's live it. music in so long. So I'm very grateful to have had it been you because Thank you were just you. you were just such a a ray of positivity. I mean, musically, I mean, you are just incredible, and just your voice, sonic, everything about you mm. is just glowing and, and perfect. Oh, so so I guess we can end now, <laughs> right? Because we've oh, got bye. all the stuff out of the way. <laughs> But actually, so why don't we start then first with, how did you get into music?
0: Ooh, great question. Um, so I was born and raised in St. Croix in the US Virgin Islands, oh, nice. so that's home. And at a young, ripe age of two years old, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, should I keep it? okay, yes, so was police, lovely. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I was, I was taught by my father to play the steel pan. Um, Which is, steel pan is the more authentic term for it. I know people have also called it steel drums, but steel pan is the authentic term. Um, So my father is also a musician, and he is still playing down in St. Croix at the young age of 80 years old. Really? Wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now
3: what does he play? Does he also play steel pan?
0: He plays a steel pan, but um, there's actually a lot of different kinds of steel pans. Um, So this one that I play is called a tenor. A tenor mm. pan. Um, and the lowest note is middle C. And it has a range of about two octaves and some change. And all notes, all keys, major, minor, um, can do literally anything you right. want. Um, and then my father plays the double tenor. So he actually plays two.
2: Whoa. Yes.
0: And they're actually set up very differently. Um, the The larger or the thicker, the skirt. The bigger the notes are and the lower in um, tone right, has the instrument has. So this is considered the lead pan, mm. so which is why it has all those higher notes so I can try to get through. Yeah.
3: Right, kind of get around. <laughs> get well, through. I noticed during your performance yes. there were certain techniques it looked like you were doing in terms of, that would either dull the sound mm. or is there... When you're playing it, because obviously there is there's when you're making different melodies, when you're improvising, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of choices that you have to make. Note-wise, but in terms of the timbre, mm. messing with the steel pan, what is it that you're kind of doing? Just so I can kind of get some of that nerdiness out of me, because <laughs> I, I, got, I got a million questions about I it. I
0: love but. it, absolutely. Um, so, what's really cool about it? So, really, I mean, I know I can't really, you can try it. So. It's actually one of the youngest acoustic instruments made today. So I can play it without a microphone and it can still be very clearly heard. Um, And so if you hit it, there's like, if you can see that there's little uh, kind of... Right, there's little depressions. Exactly. So in between those, if you hit them, there will be no sound at all. Zero sound. Um, But if you hit them right in the middle, that's where the tone comes. And depending on how hard... Or how soft you hit it, that can determine the timbre. Um, so different techniques that I use: rolling, mm. which you can hear. It's if I stay on one note, you can hear it go. Or if just hitting, and if I hit it hard, you'll hear more of a sharpness. But then if I hit it soft, it's more of that like rounded, beautiful like lullaby tone where there's no harshness right. to it. There's no sharpness. So yeah, it really is. It's it's just kind of how you how you play this instrument, and it's literally all in the wrist. Hmm. So depending on how, you'd never want to hit it too hard, um, but the smaller the notes, the harder you have to hit it for a certain sound to come out. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I can see, see how it's a nice soft sound, but if it's a little right. flick,
1: mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah. Well oh, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, when you said that it's uh, one of the youngest acoustic instruments what do you mean by that
0: so um it requires no microphone technically um with when i'm with a band sure or mm. in this case since there's music playing it's good to be supported but um meaning that it was created and formed in i believe it was the 50s and wow mm, okay it's, so it's that it's young. it's that young it's that young and um and it it It's created from 55-gallon oil drums. Um, That's kind of how Star came to be. There's definitely a a long history for it. Um, It was was created in Trinidad, in Tobago, Mm. and it became a replacement for drums since drums were taken away from Africans that were brought over and enslaved. And they were taken away, so they found another way to communicate using like scrap metals on the island and they found the 55 gallon oil drum and then from there just started to morph and morph into what
3: you see today that is amazing
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, i mean it's such a for such a young instrument such an important history mm-hmm. such an interesting history mm-hmm. i mean gosh i wish i knew I, I wish i knew that much about my saxophone <laughs> I, I feel like i read a book once and it was like yeah this guy ate off he made it yeah. You know, it's like, right. no, it's, it's really, his it's name that. was Adolf Sachs. Adolf And Sachs. that is that is probably as much as I know about it, <laughs> which I feel bad because there's all sorts of people who know all, all this stuff about their instruments. About their... Now, how, your father, yeah. when he was teaching you, is there like a, no, is it really like notation based or is it, was it ca- kind of more of like an oral tradition sort of mm. way that he taught you? Like yeah. here, we're going to make music. Like how was your learning process when you first started learning music?
0: Mm, that's awesome. Oh. Come on, Ben, some good questions here. Um, So it was all taught orally. Um, My father does not read music. Um, And so everything I learned was by ear. And I think I was, uh, gosh, uh, third grade. They enrolled me in piano. And so that's... And then I took classical piano for 10 years. And that's where I learned how to um, read music. Um, So even though I... How I was kind of brought into music was through an oral tradition. It morphed into classical reading, right? Um, And and but now what's been amazing about learning both is having that flexibility to be like, yeah, like I can just jump on stage with any band in the world and be able Mm. to just like fill in because of my start being oral tradition. But then if you know if I play with an orchestra, they're like here read the music and go right it's like a whole nother thing so yeah Yeah. that was the beginning
3: look it it sounds very familiar to very similar to like bluegrass tradition where Mm. everybody kind of learns and obviously later on they go but is there a big element is there a large improvisatory element to that kind of music that he was teaching you Mm. and everything because it seems like you're very well versed at Mm just playing being in the music and like you said Mm. you want to be able to sit in because your ears are just so well tuned Mm. to what's going on Mm. so is there a big improv sort of segment to the music that you were learning or is it here are the tunes you play them this way because that's the problem with you know, very like Eurocentric yes. classical music, That's that right. kind of Western system where right. we learn the notes That's right. and I fall into that trap because being a composer, I love notated music, Absolutely. but, but anyway, so yeah. it's,
2: <laughs> but
3: yeah. So is it, was it really focused on just feeling that music and being able to add to the tradition and being able to add to the song? It wasn't so regimented.
0: Yes. Um, it's such an interesting question because yes, and um, these arrangements of tunes were still yet created and taught. So um, so I grew up in St. Croix, and uh, so the steel pan was in our curriculum, our school curriculum. Oh. Yes. Wow. And I just had the fortunate pleasure to have my father teaching the class. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Straight A's. Oh,
1: yeah. Or did he
3: make it? He probably made you earn it. That's, see, That's I feel like father's teaching like I mean well mothers especially (laughs) Ah, mothers mm -hmm. I feel like my mom would have been like just so because she's a teacher I feel like she would if I was in her class it would be like there's no bones about it you're working
0: (laughs) you're working yep well my father was the same yeah um and he even made me teach some of the classes too he's like oh I have to go to the dentist just teach the class (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) that happened but um you know that was part of our curriculum and I started in I think it was also third grade and went all the way up to 12th grade with this in our curriculum and there were always arrangements taught. Hmm. There wasn't really like so even though these arrangements were all taught by ear like the like my father he put these together knowing the instruments so there's a bass drum there's um there's a double tenor there's guitar pans there are, um, are the tenor, the lead? So there's different kinds of double seconds, and you have to kind of create music using. It's like an orchestra of steel pans. Right. Um, so it it was arranged and specific. Like these are the whoops, sorry. These are the parts that you play, and we're gonna put them all together. But at the same time it was orally, so it, it's like they still created the arrangement themselves, right? It was still that improv thing, but they right. created a specific arrangement. Um, and they just they didn't write it down, they just taught it orally. Yeah,
3: there's a tradition. There's a there's yes. a these there's a I can't think of the word, but there's mm-hmm. a an agreed upon set of parameters exactly. to it that we're all following. Exactly. So so instead so besides the steel pane, you said that you studied classical music mm-hmm. and then somehow we get you to providence now how did you and that's a that's a long logical leap but i figured at some point i have to ask questions that maybe they are interested in not just all the questions that i'm interested in hearing about it's like just hold hold on guys i'm gonna learn everything there is to know about the steel pan and after this i'm gonna have one no yeah right it's so when how did you get to providence yes you know
0: yes so um i came here to go to brown university
3: Oh, really? What that's, were you studying?
0: Um, so I went in for chemistry, you know, um, because unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, um, down in the Caribbean, it's very much like, you know, music and the arts. That's cute. That's a hobby. Right. But um, but uh, you can't do that as a career.
2: Right. So
0: you must do something else, like be a teacher, uh, be a professor, be a doctor. Um, so I came here thinking I was going to... Concentrate in chemistry, and I came out with a performance degree. Wow! From Brown University.
3: <laughs> music specific, or was it like in the arts in general?
0: It was the arts in general. It's so a theater arts and performance studies degree. So we mm. learned about it was so it was definitely catered more toward like acting as mm. opposed to music, um, but we learned a lot about you know the stage and. Mm different things, stage presence, um, so it could be tied into music, but it wasn't, the focus wasn't music, it was acting.
3: Wow. Yeah. Which is something I want to touch on, hopefully we'll have enough time, because yeah. I know you've been doing a lot of that lately, yes. and I'd love to hear more about that, yes. but specifically music, because we're here, yeah. you know, between the notes to try to learn about that, Yeah. so how did you sort of make headway into the Providence music scene, especially on Steel Pan, which is an instrument that, I mean... It's great because it's it's so unique in a way. I mean, I remember seeing you at the Roots Jam when they used to do what was it every Wednesday? Oh my God, it was, oh, and it was just it was so interesting. It's just a great eclectic group of people all playing all these different things, and then all of a sudden you arrive and it was like, it's like oh my God, it's a steel pan, and then all of a sudden you're just you know fire <laughs> all over it and then singing. <laughs> so what? How did you? How did you first kind of? insert yourself into the scene a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, it, it actually still has to do with Brown University. So I, my senior year, I was doing a production with Rights and Reason Theater, which is a theater attached to Brown University. And they they not only have students, but they also invite community members. And so the music directors um, came in from outside. One was a Brown alum, and the other wasn't, but she's very involved in the community. and. Um, for this show, they were like, "Who sings? Who plays an instrument?" <laughs> and I'm like,
3: "I do." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kind of like teeing me. you up there. Yes,
0: and and side note, I so I since I felt forced to play the steel pan, this is me. Wow. I hated the steel pan mm. for so long. I didn't even touch it in college. I was like, no. I'm singing, or I'm doing something else, but I'm not doing that. And so when that show came, you know, I was like, even though I was like, yeah, I sing, and I guess I play the steel pin, you know, I guess, you know. And they're like, oh, cool, all right, so bring it and do this. And um, so the music director, who was an alum of Brown University, he was like, you know, what are you doing this summer? And I'm like, I have a show lined up, but that's it, and then I'm going to leave Providence and never come back.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: and um and so he was like okay great um so I have this reggae band and our steel pan player just moved to New York and we'd love to have you play with us and sit in with us for a few gigs And I was like sure and honestly that was the start of everything for me here wow yeah like like that talk to I mean you, that's not a coincidence. There's no way that's a coincidence. You're a steel pan player in Rhode Island for a reggae band. Right. Moved to New York at the time I'm graduating and I play like it's just it blew my mind. So I was like, okay, this has to be
3: yeah on purpose. You got I mean you got to just follow whatever you know the universe is trying to tell you something. Amen. Now you said that you had I can understand why you would have an interesting kind of like a conflicting relationship with the steel pan. Yeah. Is there I mean, honestly, how do you feel about it now? Is mm. it, has it changed or is it still that mm. I feel like I was forced <laughs> to do it? Not in it, not, you know, because, you True. know, fathers, God love them, but they want, you know, they want to teach and yeah. they don't want to show. That's right. But so is there still that kind of conflicting relationship between you and the instrument or have you sort of accepted that because of what it's brought?
0: Now I am so thankful. Words can't even describe how, how much like the importance of this instrument in my life. Mm. And even though I hated it in my youth, I was like, ah, oh, even, even taking piano, I was like, all right, I guess, all right. But those moments leading up to now has made me the, the musician I am, and I, and I just, whew, like, I can't even begin to describe how much, it's a different relationship now. Like I feel like that I, you know, that I, I need to have it with me um, when I'm performing. I will say that my love still lies in singing. Mm. It's still like if I had to choose, I would still say singing is what I would like. I'd love and be OK with just doing that. But the steel pan brings that uniqueness and, and it's, it's made me find my voice. Right. In a way still like that. It's, it's jazz, but I have these Caribbean roots in there that that is so impor- important and part of my my sound. Right. Um, vocally not just playing my instrument so it's it's definitely changed the relationship and I, I really couldn't be more grateful even though I fought yeah, <laughs> No, no I, I,
3: of, I totally know. understand that. yeah yeah now we only have a couple more minutes okay so I want to I just want to ask you sort of where's the next part now that you've now that you've reconciled you and the steel pan <laughs> have, have made that. up yes but <laughs> Where is sort of the next part of the musical journey? Because as you know, we were discussing before we mm-hmm. even started talking on mm-hmm. camera, you've because of the way the pandemic has been and mm-hmm. gigs shutting down, you've moved on to acting yes. a little bit more. You've been working more um, in in that sphere. Yeah. That so is yeah. there is there going to be more time to evolve in music? Is mm-hmm. there going to be less time? What is What's the ne- kind of next step in that journey? And feel free to include part of acting in that. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, it's a great question, you know, and I, I feel like I think about that every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, But, you know, I, so I, so it's funny because even though I got my degree in acting, right, in the theater world, that world, then music took over and then so acting took a back seat. And only during the slow season of music would I, oh, I'd do, yeah, sure, I'll do a musical here and there. Mm. Like, you know, I've done some shows in Boston and here and um, even in New York for a hot second. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, ever since music shut down, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I, I, right. I'm the kind of person that I need things. I, I can't just relax, which that's a whole nother interview to talk about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why this compulsion to why, not stop you know, To not stop <laughs> yeah. um but yes yeah, so he's like okay well how can i how can i take this time to use it efficiently and so i started kind of getting back into acting and not not just focus on theater since that also closed but getting more into the film um, commercial world hmm. and um literally right before the pandemic, I had booked two things um, professionally in, in film and in acting. And they, one of them was a major motion picture starring Diane Keaton, Jeremy Irons, um, and I had a speaking role. Greg oh. and I were just talking about this, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like right before the pandemic hit, and we were able to film it, and, and it was, uh, you know, we finished it before the pandemic hit. But I was like, "Oh, well, I kind of like this. This is cool. I really <laughs> yeah. like this," you know, yeah, yeah. You know. But, uh, but I'm still doing music, so it's cool. And so when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden I was like, "Okay." let me kind of go back into that and from there things have just blossomed um I got an agent during Mm. the pandemic oh yeah an agent for acting and modeling and it's just taken off from there commercials industrials I've traveled the country doing acting throughout the pandemic (laughs) it's like huh um and even right before the pandemic hit literally like two or three months before for the first time in my life I was like is music what I'm supposed to do? I li- and I've never had that feeling in my life. Yeah. And I literally was like, I don't know if I'm meant to sing anymore. And I had this like, and it's the dark depression. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah oh yeah. my god! Well, for
3: someone so gonna bubbly, it's, yeah, it's I like know, to really feel right? that. Like, no, man. That's, yeah.
0: Ooh. Um. And so, and you know, I say all this because talking about next steps, like, I truly believe that. Everything happens for a reason. Right. Everything happens for a reason. Everything lines up the way it's supposed to, and I like I truly saw that happen throughout the pandemic, and not only for acting but also musically. I ended up taking a, like as soon as that pandemic hit and things shut down, something popped up. I think it was on Facebook, and this amazing woman had this video and she's like, Do you feel like you can't do XYZ? Like, do you feel like you're struggling and singing and do you da, da, da da And yeah. I'm like, Yes, I do. <laughs> and and I took her class and from there too, like I just I feel like I've changed my whole perspective of it's a it's a mindset thing, right. you know, rather than an actual skill or talent. It was just so I say all that because the next steps I am just hoping to to kind of just keep diving into who I am. Like, who am I? Who I am? And who am I? And asking those questions and really going authentically within myself to find those, those things um, that really bring me joy and things that I can then bring others joy, yeah. you know? And whether that's through music or through acting, like, I know that that's, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life is do that yeah. for others.
3: Well, because that's never really necessarily a concrete thing that you have to be this way or that. You don't have to play just steel paint. You that's don't right. have to just sing. You don't have to just act. You don't have to do chemistry. That's, it is just right. so amazing that all these things. So I, I got to say for myself... I am really looking forward to the next evolution. Thank you. Whatever that may be, whether Mm -hmm. acting or maybe chemistry again. I (laughs) don't know. Mm. But, (laughs) Becky, thank you so much for sitting down with us and for everybody at home. Uh, I know I enjoyed it. I know they enjoyed it. So uh, thank you all for coming and watching Becky. Um, Becky Bass, everybody. Where can they find you Ah. online?
0: Oh, yes. Okay, good question. So, yes, I'm on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. You can find Becky Bass Music. Um, And I also have a website, beckybass.com. Still trying to work updates on that you know it's it's tough being an artist as you know (laughs) wearing all the hats all the time by ourselves trying to figure it out so you know so you can find me there though and and I'll try my best to keep posting when I'll be performing or when different updates come about acting as well
3: awesome well, thank you so much everyone for tuning in to Between the Notes here at The Parlor. Want to again thank The Parlor, want to thank Motif and especially most of all want to thank Becky Bass.
0: Thank you, Ben, and thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>